0: Welcome to a sassy little podcast for Getting Over It. I'm your host, Sandra Ann Miller. Today, we're talking about getting the F over apologizing and seeing that as a sign of weakness. Because if you can't take responsibility for your actions or show a little compassion, you're kind of a jerk. Our guest holds a PhD, NCC, DCMHS, and LMHC. She's a best-selling author and psychotherapist specializing in anxiety, gaslighting, narcissistic abuse, and ADHD. Her latest book is Gaslighting, Recognize Manipulative and Emotionally Abusive People. She's a Florida Supreme Court certified family and circuit mediator and a contributor to Forbes, Psychology Today, and the Huffington Post, as well as host of the Talking Brains podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dr. Stephanie Sarkis.
1: Hello, how are you?
0: I am wonderful. And thank you so much for coming on the show because. Oh, of course. I really appreciate it because. People who don't apologize or see apologizing as a sign of weakness drive me a little batty.
1: Well, I like your title. What was it? The, what's the F part? Oh, it, <laughs> I really like the title.
0: Seeing apologizing as a sign of weakness.
1: But there was another really good part to it. What was the rest of it?
0: Oh, taking responsibility or showing compassion?
1: There's something about F something.
0: Oh, getting the F over.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like that part. I was trying not to laugh in the background. I like that. (laughs) I like that. No, I like that.
0: (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. Because I, I I don't get it. I don't get, I mean, I get it like Mm -hmm. back in the day, like, you know, especially when it came to men and men in the office and all of that, you never apologize. And I think even Catherine Hepburn Mm -hmm. had, you know, Never complain, never explain. And I think there was something else about apologizing. And, and if I'm wrong, my apologies to Kate. But it, it seems that there are some people that really do see it as a sign of weakness. And they're not going to give up that sense of control mm-hmm. or power or, or step down to your level by admitting mm-hmm. that they're less than perfect and may have done some nasty stuff that hurt.
1: Right. Yeah, it's a lack of accountability.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's it seems to me, especially now, especially after we've kind of gone through these four years, and we're recording this in mid-December. This will air, I think, at the end of January. And mm-hmm. so we're just on the cusp of newness, a new year, right. a new president, the hope of what the vaccine might be able to bring us. So we are mm-hmm. stepping into 2021 with the ability to... Renew for lack of a better cliche at this point. And it seems to me that we've learned How these kind of narcissistic personalities and how these kind of toxic people and attitudes really harm us by Refusing to take responsibility as if you can fake news it as if you can gaslight it Like that didn't happen. That's not really Mm -hmm. that bad. Get over it Quit being a, a cream puff a snowflake and all that other stuff. But to me, it just shows me how Insecure, how fragile they are, that they don't have the strength to say, Yeah, I'm human. I screwed up.
1: Right. I apologize. Right. And I think there's that's actually, I don't know if this is a quote or an article I read that that Trump is kind of known for never apologizing for something. Like that's one of his right. like mantras. I don't know if that's a direct quote, but it was, I think it was in a, I want to say it was in a Vanny Fair Washington Post article that that's one of his things.
0: Yeah, it seems like a very 1980s philosophy.
1: Well, but- and that's when he was like super, right. like, I mean, I know mean, he's present, whatever, but, <laughs> but <well>, that sounds <laughs> kind of flippant. Um, but, you know, that was like, that's like, he's like the Gordon Gecko, like Wall Street. Yeah. I don't know if people are familiar with Wall Street. Like, he was like the Gordon Gecko, right? Um, you know, kind of guy, um, but in a con man kind of way. Yeah, that was one of the things is like, that was a weakness. And it was, it was like seen as like, the whole, you know, on the Savannah, you don't let the predator know, mm-hmm. you know, that you that you have weakness, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, and that apologizing shows weakness. It also means you're taking responsibility, right? Which which is a big thing, you know. Not everybody can handle taking responsibility for things. Well,
0: I apologize a lot, and not in well. That you're kind
1: empathic, of- right? Like you, yeah, you, have, you care about how other people are doing,
0: right? I mean, I even yeah. apologize to my car when I hit a pothole. I like blurt out, sorry, <laughs> you know, like it's my right. responsibility to see that. And that sounded like it hurt. <laughs> so right. that's my natural reaction. Mm-hmm. But it's not in a doormat, please like me, you know, I'm going to fall on the sword kind of way. It's right. like, how can we make this better? And if you were hurt, even if it was something that I wasn't there for, I really didn't have a part mm-hmm. of, but if you're telling me that this happened and this is how it made me feel, I can say, I'm so sorry that happened to you.
1: I'm right. so sorry. And that's that part of empathy. Yeah.
0: Sorry, I keep talking no, no, over no, you. No, no, you didn't. We, I think we had that little. Yeah, life. I just
1: apologize. <laughs> Look at that. Hey, got apology on record.
0: No, I think we have that little cell phone awesome. lag. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's, it's having that kind of empathy and compassion and understanding that it's just making the situation better. And you're showing that person right. that. Not only do you have empathy for them, but that you're trustworthy. You're showing them mm-hmm. your level of integrity. You know, right. it's kind of customer service, whether it's in a friendship or a relationship or family, or you know, bumping mm-hmm. into somebody on on the street, which we shouldn't do because we're still social distancing.
1: <laughs> Good point. Excellent point. But yeah, I think you said something. You know, the, I think all that is true. I think integrity, especially, is that this is what we do. Mm-hmm. When we care about fellow people. Right. Is that this is this is what is a social norm, is that we show empathy. If you've hurt somebody's feelings, you say, I'm sorry I did X. Not I'm sorry you got hurt when I said this. Because right. Because that's not a true apology. I'm sorry X happened. This is how I'm going to work on it. That's mm-hmm. a true apology. It's also like you said, like you find out that someone's going through a rough time, you said, I'm really sorry to hear that. Because we care about other people. Right. And reconnect with them. And like you're saying, it doesn't mean that you're, you know, the the whole passive doormat thing. And I think sometimes that people think, well, if it's not one way, it's completely the opposite. And there is a middle ground where you can have an assertive personality and still apologize for things that that's actually congruent.
0: Yes. And people might say I'm, I am assertive, especially the first three letters of that word. Um, It's, (laughs) It's not about weakness. It's not about even manipulation. It's just meeting people where they're at. And if that's what mm. happened to them, even if it was another person that did it, if it's if it's a situation okay. I'm involved in, I'm still willing to make the apology even if my boss won't, even if that coworker mm. won't. I will make it to make the situation better because they just need to mm. be heard. And when people are heard, it, it changes things. When they feel respected and honored, mm-hmm. it changes things and it doesn't become a binary thing. I mean, that's,
1: that's like 90% of therapy is being listened to. Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, no, no. So you know, 90% of therapy is, is being listened to,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that there's somebody that's listening to you non-judgmentally, And I think that's such a key piece of it is that there's so many times in life that we don't always feel listened to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that is a, that is such a gift we can give people is just listen and empathize. We'll never underestimate the power of just listening to someone and hearing their story and spending that, having, sharing that space with them. And yeah, that's part of empathy is that I'm sorry, you're going through this and what can I do to help you? Right. Because life can be, I mean, we're surrounded by people. Have you seen during the pandemic, we're also in this form of isolation where there's a real epidemic of loneliness in the pandemic. Right. And listening and empathy yeah, you know, we talk about, you know, can one person make a difference? Yeah, one person can make a huge difference because if you're listening to someone, they're being heard and mm-hmm. there's there's nothing more healing, you know, psychologically, I think, than than being heard and validated.
0: Yes. And I think it's it's kind of an American thing as well as mm. seeing apologizing as weakness or admitting guilt. Mm. We're still stuck in that mm-hmm. binary thinking of if we apologize for it and we take responsibility for it, then we admit we're guilty of it. And yeah, to a degree, we have some stuff that we need to apologize for that we are certainly Mm -hmm. guilty of. But um, I was watching this documentary on Netflix about this cult in Australia. And it involved children and it just did a lot of harm. And eventually a judge apologized. Mm And the tears that were shed in that room, it was just, you could feel the catharsis. And that's something that I long to see our society do, our culture do, Mm -hmm. and just acknowledge. And that's the word, acknowledge that these things happened.
1: Right. Right. And an injustice was served. Yeah. Or not injustice was served. That's the wrong word. That just an injustice was done towards people.
0: Right. Right. And yeah that can be so powerful and start the healing and why we're so reluctant to do that.
1: I think that I have seen, I have seen court cases where the judge has apologized to victims of a crime. Mm -hmm. I think that on a national scale, I feel like we're, we're seeing more of the not apologizing because that's in the forefront right now with who Mm -hmm. our president is in the administration that I think it's become I think it's become much more kind of normalized. and I think that's one of the issues of it is that we're seeing that as normal behavior, which it's not, it's, it's not, it's not a healthy behavior to wrong someone and not take responsibility for it. Right. And I think that people that, that were already kind of in that mindset, I think it, it okayed it on some level. And then there's people like you and I, which are like, what is up with this, Mm -hmm. that this doesn't, it's not healthy. Um, But I think because it's on such a national scale, it'll be really interesting to see on January 20th how things are going to change. And my guess is is that we're going to start having more empathy because that'll be normalized again.
0: I think anything would be more empathy than what we've seen in these (laughs) last four years. Well, there's also,
1: I mean, there's also the power and control nature of it Mm -hmm. too. Like you said, you know, if you don't apologize then you kind of, you know, walk away from it. Um, And sometimes, and there are some people that just don't feel responsibility for stuff or they don't feel guilt. And that's probably a whole nother podcast, uh, but for episode, (laughs) but I think it's important too to look at the people that it's kind of like Mr. Rogers said, look for the helpers. Mm -hmm. We need to look for the people that, that there are quite a few people that that do take responsibility for their behavior. I think we really need to focus on that as well. Because I think a lot of people are feeling the same thing, that, that people just aren't apologizing. And I think if we if all those people started talking together, you know, I think that, that there's, I've noticed too, just because of the amount of suffering that people have had in the last year, mm-hmm. I've actually seen an increase in the number of people that are apologizing or showing empathy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because we've reached a different level of human suffering in this past year. Yes. And I think it's bringing. I think that it's important. We also look at the people that that are empathic because that's not what you hear about, right? We hear about the outlying stuff. We hear about the not so good stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important that we acknowledge or even say to people, you know what? I I really appreciate that that you were willing to talk to me about this and that you're willing to take accountability for it. That's huge. And I think that's something that's important too: is to reinforce, positively reinforce when someone does show empathy or apologize for something.
0: Well, and, and sometimes you give an apology and the person is still hurt. They're still angry Mm -hmm. and they may not be able to receive it.
1: Right. And that's the other thing is that you don't necessarily have to, you know, condone the behavior to accept an apology. You don't even really have to accept the apology. Mm -hmm. But I think the important thing is to, you know, it's awkward to have this conversation, but if someone's really hurt you and they apologize, you can say, thank you for apologizing. I think I still need to sit with this for a little bit. And that's okay. I think it's the having that honest dialogue of, I'm not being judgmental. I'm just telling you that this is going to take a little bit because that's being real with people, right? right? That if you, that's the other thing is that if you apologize, it doesn't mean it's all good. Right. It means you're taking responsibility for the for the behavior. It doesn't mean that person's automatically going to forgive you either. Forgiving is a, is a multi-step process Mm -hmm. that sometimes you just don't get there. So yeah, I think, I think the true apology is one where you, where you do not have any expectations in return.
0: And also don't then become angry at the person that didn't, didn't accept your apology.
1: Well, I mean, that kind of like negates your apology, right? Right, If you're like, If you say like, well, I'm sorry, and the person goes, Well, I'm still mad at you, and you go, But I apologized, like again, that's not like a blanket like everything's good kind of statement. So I mean that's part of that's part of the taking responsibility too, is that the other person may not be where you're at. Right. And that's part of the human condition is we don't always meet each other at, you know, I'm sorry, okay.
0: Well, and there's also the I had a situation with a friend who who truly let me down. And it took her a very long time to apologize for it. And I expressed my disappointment. And she's like, well, well yeah, you disappointed me too. Mm. And, and this was a situation where, unfortunately, it was a one-sided kind of mm-hmm. situation where, you no, know, you, you're the one that screwed up. And mm-hmm. if you have other issues you wanna to talk to me about, that's totally cool because I'm completely flawed and not perfect, but in this scenario, it was this that you did, and mm-hmm. um, but so the, what? Yes, yeah, so
1: now I'm curious. What, what? So what was? Yeah, what was your actual conversation when she said that? What it was, was an, your response? It
0: was an email, you know, which is ah, also kind okay. of the worst. So it wasn't. Which like, also adds
1: another wrinkle, right?
0: Another wrinkle, but I just wrote mm-hmm. back. It was just really like three or four sentences. It wasn't like the whole like eighteen page screed that I. Mm-hmm. Like, have been known for. Um, it was just like in this situation, you really disappointed me and let me down. And mm-hmm. she wrote back. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way you let me down. And it was just basically a mirror of what I sent her. And I'm like, well, that's that mm-hmm. then because it wasn't the opportunity yeah. to be heard. Like this was really a disappointment because for you, I have been there. I've done this. I've, And the one time I needed you, it, it didn't happen. And and it was it's not big, fully
1: listening, right? Yeah, and because it was because if someone says back to you, "Well, you did meh, 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 you know, it's
0: yeah, and it was a big letdown. It's not like you know, she flaked on dinner. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it, it was it was a much bigger, it's like situation, more of a profound
1: level, a, right, a little, right? Yeah,
0: because otherwise you just hash it out. But um, it was just really interesting yeah. to wait that long for an apology and then have it be. I was being as gracious as I could, but then mm-hmm. you know, my sort of explanation of why i had kind of ended our friendship was met with ditto <laughs> you know so that's right. kind of not the best i mean case. i think
1: of like Michelangelo's Angelou's quote that when someone tells you who they are believe them the first time you
0: know? yeah believe them the first mm-hmm. time because that quote Well, you know
1: and that's not always so easy right because we don't always pick that up from people
0: well i think subtly you do
1: well yeah i i think that we just, sometimes we get like little like i call pink flags Mm-hmm. of, you know, little things that we go, huh. And then there's red flags, magenta flags, which is like, get out now. <laughs> but I think that when you meet people that are, I'm not talking about your friend in particular, but just right. when you meet people that, that may not be in touch with that whole empathic thing, I think that, that the normal human response is like, we tend to look for the good in people. And mm-hmm. I think that there are some personality types in particular, that are very good at kind of hiding the, like narcissism, for example, very good at hiding the narcissistic part when we mm-hmm. first meet people. And so we may get little inklings of it, especially if you haven't known that personality type before, that we kind of go, eh, maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe it's something else, blah, blah, blah. And then the next time you meet somebody in narcissism, then you're like red flags go off because mm-hmm. you know that type. Right. So yeah. So if people find that they're, they have become friends or in a relationship with this personality type, I want to make sure that people don't blame themselves because this type of personality is really good at covering it up in the beginning.
0: Mm -hmm. And you know, sometimes you do see people for who they are, but you Mm -hmm. ignore it because we are all flawed and you accept Mm -hmm. people as they come as you hope that you'll be accepted. And you can go for a long time without discussing certain things that are kind of questionable or problematic. And then it kind of Mm -hmm. explodes.
1: Right. It's important, I think, to take that time to really check in with yourself and say, you know, is this something that I need to address now? Or is this something that's going to kind of fester and come out later? Because Mm -hmm. usually when it comes out later, it comes out in a much more volcanic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Volcanic. (laughs) That's a good word. Um, So yeah, it's important to say, you know what, am I feeling resentful towards this person? Where's that coming from? And do we need to have a talk? And those kind of talks are awkward. They really, I mean, it's not like it's fun to go tell your friend, Hey, you hurt me about something, you know, but I think it's important to talk about that because otherwise that resentment can kind of eat you alive. Mm-hmm. And, um, and again, you, talking with them with the notion that boy, it'd be really nice. If they took responsibility for behavior, but they may not, but right. that also kind of tells you where you stand with them. Like you said, with your friend, you kind of knew based on the response where, where you were at.
0: Right. And, and, and that's the way it kind of goes because, I knew who she was. I knew that she could be mm-hmm. very selfish for the most part. She could also be very generous and be a very good friend. But those moments were tempered with all of the other stuff. And and that's fine. That's, mm-hmm. that's who she was. And I'm sure she w- would be able to give a list of my flaws as well. So it wasn't necessarily surprising. I was happy to have her apology. I wanted to express why I was so hurt mm-hmm. briefly. And hopefully have a conversation, not just a, yeah, ditto.
1: Right. Which is kind of like, oh, you blew it. You know, (laughs) Like I I can imagine Reena just going, you blew it.
0: Right. Because it's like, well, wait a minute. So it wasn't really an apology. It's just more embarrassing for you to have to explain why we're no longer friends. So it's, Mm -hmm. it could have gone a lot better, but sometimes people need to get things off their chest. It shouldn't be like, you know, a bunch of emotional vomit, but to be able to just say, this is why it hurt so much. And this is what my disappointment was. And we can move on from, from there, but you should be aware of, you know, the, the actual injury.
1: Then also there's one step further, which is let's talk about what we can do to make sure this doesn't happen again.
0: Well, I already knew I could never rely on her again, so that was simple. Well, yeah, yeah. In that case,
1: (laughs) in that case. But let's say you're talking with someone that has apologized and is taking full responsibility. The next step would be let's talk about what you and I can do to make sure we're not in this place again. Right. What things can we do for us to work through this and come up with? a new way of relating to each other maybe maybe not saying in that way but that's a really good jumping off point is that you can you can use this event you know, de- again depending on the severity of the event and mm-hmm. how much it is incongruent with your values and stuff let's say it's something that you're like you know what i think if they apologize sincerely i can work with this it can it can almost be like a springboard for developing a more emotionally intimate relationship yes. too because like you said, we're not perfect, so we're gonna have relationships, and that's a sign of a good relationship. But sometimes you just kind of like get each other's nerves, right? But right. you can talk about it, and yeah, you can actually have like a more enriched relationship from having those conversations. When you get in that spot, you're like, "Yeah, this is not okay." But again, you have, like you were saying, you have to have a partner that's that's open to having those kind of sticky conversations,
0: right? And and we should also be open to hearing. About our own, when, once we open that door, we should really be open to hearing, okay, well, now that we're on the subject, there are things that I w- would like to address with you, which is fair. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. And that's where we really need to practice that self-compassion, self-care and say, what's the best way that I could address this that respects myself and the other person?
0: Mm-hmm. So let's, let's touch on conditional apologies. Okay. And what those are comprised of and and how they just really don't work.
1: Well, the conditional apology is there's different types. There's one of I'll apologize if you meet this condition. Then there's also that's like the the kind of the purest form of it is that conditional apology, I'll do it if this happens. If this, then this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then there's the apology that's that's the one that you say it, but then you don't actually follow through on it. So there's kind of different types of conditional apologies. The first one is I'll apologize for this, but you need to, you have to earn it. I mean, that's the kind of subtext Mm. of it is you need to earn my apology, which is a sign of not healthy relationship. Right. Um, And, and that one's the one you really got to watch out for, because when you have someone that puts conditions on apologizing for their own behavior, you really have to look at, you know, where has this also shown up in our relationship that there is this thing of I'll do it when this is met. And there's a guilting and shame thing to that, like a guilting and shaming of you as the apology recipient that you have to somehow earn the apology. When a proper apology is, I'm sorry, I hurt you. This is what I'm going to change, period. That's it. You know, you can have a conversation from that. But again, mm-hmm. that if-then type of apology, you really have to look at what is this person's motive? Right. You really shouldn't have to earn an apology. Right. And also, if someone apologizes, that's not a contract that they're not going to do it again. <laughs> so keep that in mind, too, that you can have somebody give a very sincere apology, but they do the behavior again. Like I'm thinking of like, like little kids. When you're a little guy or girl, you do behaviors, but your neurons don't always click that that behavior got you in trouble. Mm -hmm. I think especially like, since I specialize in ADHD, kids that have ADHD, it's very hard for the brain sometimes to connect behavior to consequence. So they'll be very apologetic and feel really bad about the thing that happened. But the next time the opportunity presents itself, they don't, their neurons don't connect, literally don't connect. Mm -hmm that the behavior caused this consequence. So they do it again. As a parent, you're like, what did you just do? The last time you did that, you went to timeout. So what's up with this? And they're like, oh, and then they feel very apologetic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you do have circumstances where you have apologies and like kids with ADHD feel really bad about what they did, almost to the point where they're beating themselves up. But then again, they have that behavior again. That's different than someone that willfully does a behavior. Mm-hmm when you've said it's hurt you, that's a whole different animal. And if that happens, you have to look at why did this occur? You don't know why they did it because that's almost like none of your business because they got to deal with that on their own. Mm -hmm. But you have to look at, you know, okay, this behavior has happened again. Am I willing to tolerate this behavior? Or is it time for me to take a step back and go, huh, is this relationship one that I really want to continue pursuing when this has been clear that this behavior's upset me, but yet it's occurred again, or are there conditions that manifested itself that this person felt they had no other choice in this behavior? And again, then we go back to do you really do you can you tolerate this behavior? Is this mm-hmm. okay with you? And if not, sometimes we have to end relationships because it doesn't meet our conditions for for a healthy, emotionally intimate relationship? Right. I sound like a therapist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
1: That was super therapisty. Wow. That's
0: well, good. <laughs> and then there's also the non-apology.
1: Yeah. And the non-apology of, well, I'm sorry that I, you know, I'm sorry that you didn't like what I told you. That's one. Right. And I don't, i I know people can't see, but I'm getting my shoulder into <laughs> it. I'm doing like, oh no, you didn't, kind of thing. Um, yeah. I'm sorry that you got hurt by what I said. Because that's not an apology. That's saying like, I said the truth and you just didn't like it. <laughs> that's the subtext okay. of that. So again, the, the true apology is, you know, when I did this, I hurt you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is how I'm getting help, or this is how I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen again. But again, the non-apology is one where, where you guilt or shame the person as a recipient,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or you really don't apologize for it. And again, the classic is, I'm sorry you got hurt when I did this.
0: Right. I'm sorry because you feel that way.
1: I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah, I mean, there's a real kind of like meh, 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 kind of thing to it. It's, and again, it's like a middle finger. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry that you can't handle what I said. I'm right. sorry you're so sensitive. You know, yeah, there's that. There's that stuff too. I'm sorry you're so sensitive about this. And again, it's putting the blame on the person, which, which you know, is a pretty handy, convenient way of deflecting your own responsibility. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's another thing where you go, yeah, that's not really an apology. That's like you said, it's a non-apology. And again, is this a relationship where you think that you can tolerate that kind of behavior? Or you, or you say, hey, um, you know, that thing you said to me, that's kind of sounds like it's pointed back on me and I'm not okay with that. Right. Or you just walk away because you're like, this is, you know, <laughs> I, I, this is the limit, right? Because we all have our kind of line in the sand with relationships. Mm-hmm. And it might be that you're just like, yeah, combined with all this other stuff that's happened, this is where I walk away.
0: Well, and, and the, you know, well, it takes two to tango kind of non-apology. And I
1: think that's also like the kind of, well, if you, if you've wronged someone and you say, well, like you said, you know, well, you did this to me again, that's not taking responsibility. And we also have to look at from a gaslighting perspective, that's a very common gaslighting technique is that Mm -hmm. you say, I'm sorry, you're so sensitive or, you know, well, you did the same thing to me. So how come I have to apologize? You know, it's, it's deflecting from taking, it's, it's all about deflecting from taking responsibility and, really kind of muddying those ideas of, of you, I feel wrong and let's talk about it. You mm-hmm. know, it turns into you feeling like you did something wrong. And I think that's the tricky part is when you say to someone, this thing hurt me. And they say, well, you hurt me. Again, you have to really look at, is this something I can tolerate? Is this something that we can work through? Because when you're guilting and shaming someone by doing that, you know, obviously it's not really healthy. And nobody deserves to be guilted and shamed. Right. Right. So, and saying like, I'm sorry, you're so sensitive. You know, that's what gaslighters do. They say like, oh, you're, you're too sensitive or, you know, you can't take a joke. And, and, and if someone says they hurt you or that you hurt them, you hurt them period. Mm -hmm. Right. With no additional stuff, you hurt them regardless of what your intent was. If you thought it was "Ha ha funny, funny. And they're like, you know what? You did hurt me you apologize. Like there's like, that's a very clear formula, right? You Mm -hmm. hurt me and then I apologize. Even if you feel like the thing you did maybe shouldn't, I put, I put air quotes because you can't see me, but it shouldn't (laughs) have hurt you. That's that person's truth, right? If they say you hurt them, you hurt them. It doesn't matter if you think that that's irrational or not justified. It does not matter because they said that hurt them. Right. Right. so when you come down the pike with, well, you know, that's not rational and da, da da da, you hurt them. Yes. You can have that conversation later about, you know, what my intention was, was this. And you can sit, but you say, I'm sorry, I hurt you. And then you can say, maybe we can talk about this at a later date. And then at that time you can say, so I'm sorry, I hurt you. And I just want you to know that it was never my intention to purposely hurt you. But I know that, you know, sometimes when I, sometimes I'll make a joke and I know that Sometimes it's not appropriate. Like you say something mm-hmm. like that. And again, it doesn't matter if you didn't think you hurt somebody, they're telling you you hurt them.
0: Right. Well, and it's it's realizing that we're not the uh, feelings police. We don't get to tell people how they feel. Right.
1: Right. That's a validation part, right? Is that when someone says, uh, you know, you hurt me, it's not your place to go, oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> you know, because I mean, what, <laughs> what kind of relationship do you have? And you're like, oh, no, uh huh. Nah, you're lying, you know. So when someone says, you know, you hurt me, you go, I'm sorry I hurt you because that's being an empathic human, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the validation part that's so important to us as people that we get heard and listened to. Not just that we're heard, but we're listened to. That's a different level of understanding.
0: Yes, and it doesn't take that much.
1: Just no, you know, it's really easy just to take responsibility for your stuff, right? Yes. When you don't, I mean, it's, it's amazingly easy how uh, uh, it's simple, how how easy it is for you to be kind, how you, Mm -hmm. for you to, to understand what other people might be feeling. It's actually pretty easy. The heart, it's actually harder to create this kind of web of, oh, no, you didn't. Or, you know, I don't think that's true. Or, you know, it's so much easier just to say, I'm sorry.
0: Right. But it's like, oh, get over it. You really expect me to apologize for that? Just get over it. Move
1: on. Right. Right. And that's where you go, huh? I'm not being heard here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's where you look at, you know what? That's not my problem. That's the other person's problem. Cause I know sometimes people blame themselves and they say, well, there must be something I did wrong that they're not willing to apologize. No. No. A lot of times it's just that, you know, it's not you. It's it's whatever whatever their reason for not giving you a solid apology, that's on them. That's not on you. You were, you were in the right to say, this bothers me because that's your truth. Whatever someone responds with is no longer your responsibility.
0: Right. And it's, and it's hard to have to deal with when it's a quote unquote superior, if it's your boss or.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. A parent. There's a power differential.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. And asserting that boundary of I'm, I'm telling you that this hurt, bothered or offended me. And whether you apologize or not. I'm going to be setting a boundary for that.
1: Right, right.
0: Because, well, you're gonna set a boundary and and make it clear that that behavior isn't going to be accepted or tolerated. Mm -hmm. And if you're in the workplace and there isn't like an HR or if it's within a family dynamic, that becomes a little bit more sticky because then you become the difficult person.
1: And I think it depends on the workplace, too. But, yeah, there's that power differential, whether it's a teacher and your kid or mm-hmm. if it's a parent or um, you know, anybody with authority. Yeah. And that gets tricky because you're kind of putting yourself out there by stating that something bothers you and and you may not get the apology that you want. Or, and this is really unfortunate, sometimes it it causes people difficulties in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always say, like, if you're confronting a behavior, kind of check with your employee handbook and check with HR, if you have an HR department, about what what the grievance procedure is. And I'm talking more like if there's been something like harassment or things like that. Like, if you don't like that your coworker, you know, took your pencil, that's, you know, that's like you guys work it out. But if it's something where it's at the level where your rights were infringed upon, we're talking about a whole other level. And that's where you really need to look at. You look at your, um, if you're in the U.S., you look at your equal, um, EEOC.gov, so it's EEOC.gov, and they have on there, if you're in the U.S., your rights in the workplace Mm -hmm. as far as if you've been harassed and what the definition of that is. And if it's that kind of being wrong, do you really want to look at what the procedure is for a grievance? And look at your employee handbook. Talk to HR, and that's those are the the big ones that violate your rights. Mm-hmm. Right. So your right to feel safe. Your right to be able to work in a in in a in a place that has inclusion and respect. Right. So right. so that's the big one. But if it's if it's something like that, you don't like the tone your boss used. And it's just something that you think your boss just maybe like it, it's, you know, you know, when it's something that's violated your rights and something Mm -hmm. that is just not okay with you, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's different, we have a spectrum. Um, But yeah, it's tough to say to someone, hey, the way you talk to me, that, that really wasn't okay. Right. Or that tone of voice. Now, again, you may not get the apology that you need. And also it may turn into something where you're unfairly treated due to that. Mm-hmm. But also that's that's that sense of injustice that we feel that if we don't have that addressed, that can kind of fester in us. But we also have to look at what are the moving parts of this whole interaction. Right. And again, sometimes if your coworkers just crabby with you one morning, chances are it has nothing to do with you. Right. <laughs> and and I'm not talking about the coworker said something rude to you. I'm talking about just like you said good morning, and the coworkers like. Meow, meow, meow. Right. And then went to their work. I don't know why I sound so muppety. That's very <laughs> muppety um, but that's something where you just go, hey, buddy, you okay? You know, and you know they're like, oh, you know, the dog pooped all over the carpet and the Roomba ran through it. Or whatever oh, Lord, yeah. I speak from experience. It's a really terrible experience. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's that's something where you just say, hey, um, everything okay? Because the, the tone of voice you're using kind of freaked me out a little. And that's where you go, Oh, Hey, sorry. You know, I, this happened this morning. It's okay to say what the basis was, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was not you, this X happened, but still that's not okay. I did that. And I apologize. That's an honest apology. But if your coworker just answers with, you know, or, you know, (laughs) fine, whatever, then you go, huh. Okay. So what's, how is this going to change our interaction now? Mm -hmm. Am I going to let this go? Or, you know, I'm like, really let it go? Or am I going to write it off to, well, he just had a bad day, or I don't know why. So I'm going to assume that just is something that happened to them and it has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of a delicate situation when it's in the workplace.
0: Well, and we can't necessarily expect an apology for everything. It would be nice. right? But sometimes, I mean, it sometimes it just happens and people don't even right. realize they did it because they're so deep in whatever. So it it can't be... Here's a list of everything you did wrong today. Please apologize.
1: Right, right. Or like, you know, you're on the subway. You get bumped into. People aren't going to apologize, right? It's just right. that that's that's part of the human condition of being in the subway, <laughs> right? right? Or on the subway, you know, on the platform or in the subway, is that you know people are going to bump into each other. Mm-hmm. And if we said, "I'm sorry" to everybody you bump, like if you live in the city, like Manhattan, and you bump into if you apologize every single person you bump into, you would spend like a majority of your day apologizing, right? right? So there's a utility of it that you have to look at, like, what's the utility of the apology? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just assume that we are in conditions where you're going to have, you're going to have people bump into you or, you know, like in the, during the pandemic, a lot of us have really short fuses right now because we've been in quarantine and things have changed and we might get snappy with people, especially when we've been like in a small enclosed space with them and Mm -hmm. we can't get away from them. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that sometimes I'll just say to somebody, I'll be like, okay, blanket apology, right? right? (laughs) Like, um, like if you go to the dentist, and like, you have to get like, I don't know, your teeth drilled or something. I'll just say the dentist, I'm like, like, that's like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, let's just do blanket apology. Everything's fine after this. That's the grace. I think that's the important part. That's the grace you give people mm-hmm. is that if they're in a situation, you can say, you know what, blanket apology, we're good mm-hmm. right? or no need to apologize because right. that's, the, that's the art of knowing when do we need to extend that grace to people and when are people doing stuff that's not okay with us.
0: And there's a difference some and some people are very sensitive and want to address everything and and that's mm-hmm. that's your jam that's totally fine mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's understanding what your boundaries are right. and also what the other person might be going through or dealing with and right now we have no idea what people are going through, the strangers we meet on the street, the person we talk to at the cable company Mm -hmm. or bank or whatever, we don't know how this has affected them. Personally, people, I mean, if we're losing 300,000 people in in just America, let alone the rest of the world, we don't know how this has affected other people. We don't know that their partner or child is healthcare worker and is dealing with this all day, every day, and they're concerned about them getting sick and all of that. So our level of compassion definitely has to increase to kind of say, Mm -hmm. okay, everybody's dealing with something that we may not understand. And do I really need to confront this? Or Mm -hmm. should I calm down before I confront this? or whatever. It's not saying that you shouldn't get the apology you feel you deserve, but also understanding that there are people dealing with things that we cannot fathom or even have an awareness of and just being a little bit more kind and gentle with Mm -hmm. our fellow humans while we work our way out of this.
1: We can extend grace to people, but still keep our boundaries. Mm And I think that's one of the big questions of human existence is, or interpersonal relationships is, is how do I extend grace to someone? And I don't mean in a religious form. I just mean like, you know, let some stuff go. And where is it that I need to enforce my boundary? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, that's a, you can do both. You can extend grace to someone and still at some point say, Hey, how about you bring it down a couple notches? It's also in the way you say it too. Sure like, I'm um, trying to give an example of like, um, like if, if I'm checking out somewhere and, you know, I, I think, I don't know how this happens, but I think people like telepathically figure out I'm a therapist. <laughs> um, and so I'll check out somewhere and I'll have a conversation, like in the before time, I don't check mm-hmm. out anywhere anymore, but um, you know, we would start talking and, you know, about something that's happening with them. And then the person and behind me would be like me, 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 me. You know, a lot of people in my world sound like muppets, exactly, <laughs> barely, <laughs> or like Charlie Brown people. So, um, and they go me, 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 meh. and then part of you could just go, you know what? I haven't really been spending an extended time with this person, so it's probably unrealistic. But maybe this is a cue that it's time for me to wrap things up. Mm-hmm. Or you know, if someone says something that's that's like really kind of out of line, I will just turn to them and go. This seems to be an inconvenience for you. Is there anything I can help you with? <laughs> you <know? laughs> There's probably a little passive aggressiveness in that, um, but that's okay. Cause I did it. So <laughs> what's us doing? And we're like, Oh, that's totally fine. Um, but you know, it's kind of sending a message of, Hey, kick it down a couple notches. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'll tell people, I'm like, can you bring it down a notch? You know, mm-hmm. so you just say it in a way that's, Hey, I acknowledge your experience, but also you're kind of, Crossing that line, right? You know, but if they say something really out of place, that's that's when I kind of you know, like our grace extends to a point, right? And then if they say something like really rude, then I'll be like, uh, I'm sorry, what did you just say to me? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So I mean, that's we. It, it really depends on the situation, but that's also that self compassion thing is that we all we aren't always going to have the right answer to something, and our friends mm-hmm. are always going to have the right answers, or our partners. But again, it's knowing that, yeah, we're in the situation now where people's nerves are really frayed. But I think that we all kind of, if we really kind of sit with ourselves and spend that time for self-reflection, we can probably detail more what's a personal boundary and when are we willing to extend grace.
0: Yes. And if you have the idea that apologies equal weakness, what would you say to those folks?
1: I say that it's, if you're willing to look at it, It's really important to possibly talk about that with a mental health professional, because when that mindset is in place, it may be something that you grew up learning.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, It may have been something that you had to do in the workplace to kind of survive, may have been a survival technique, Um, but it may not be serving you so well. We have patterns of behaviors that we do that are no longer applicable in our day-to-day lives. And I think when it's something that has been a pattern that you've done for a while, I think it really helps to talk with someone that's a, a neutral third party mm-hmm. that's Uh, because let's figure out where those roots of that came from and, and how it served you in the past and why maybe it no longer serves you. And not only that, but what's a behavior you could do instead. Mm-hmm. And I think when you talk about that stuff in the therapeutic setting, there's something about, again, a neutral person because you may have started judging yourself or being tough on yourself about it and beating yourself up about it. And I think that's also where a counselor can be really helpful to talk to you about that. Uh, and I think that's helpful. And also just, you know, again, spending some time going, huh, I wonder where this comes from. Where have I been taught that it must've worked at some point or I wouldn't be doing it. You know, that's like the strict, like behaviorist point of view is that we don't do something unless we get a payoff. Mm-hmm. So where did have this, where did I get a gain from this? And, or where did I learn? Like maybe from my parents, maybe I learned that that's just how you do stuff and you don't show weakness. And there may be times where you, you don't want to show weakness or whatever, but yeah, I think it's really important to do some self-reflection on that and look at, you know, how is, how is this behavior no longer helpful to you? How is it maladaptive? Right. And I'm sorry, I have somebody doing leaf blowing next door.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's going to happen. We're all, I
1: apologize again. (laughs) and It's not in my leaf blower. But see how easy it is. It's just See how see how next level we are? Yeah, exactly. we're totally it's apology just next, next level.
0: Acknowledging <laughs> acknowledging things mm-hmm. that happen and saying, Hey, this is happening. Can't do anything about it, still I'm right. sorry, Instead of you going, on.
1: why does it sound like there's a tornado outside your your window? Well, I figured in Florida I'm, just, I'm like, like I'm like, She it.
0: seems really calm. So I'm gonna take it that it's not a hurricane siren. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And thank you for acknowledging that those happen. Yeah. <laughs> You're like empathic all over the place. That's beautiful. Yeah. Luckily, it's just, a, uh, I think it's a leap blower. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally fine. And that's something where you go, you know what, I don't have control over stuff. You live next right. to people, people, people have every right to, you know, but if they're doing a six in the morning. Then I'd be like, Hey, um, kind of like my sleep. And I think mm-hmm. that I think adding humor, I think we underestimate the power of humor too. Yes. That that we don't always have to take everything so seriously. Now, again, it depends on what the thing is. There are right. things we definitely don't want to inject humor into, but mm-hmm. I think the more we l- you know live life on the planet, you know, there's stuff like if I if I talk to my neighbor, like if I text my neighbor and I'm like, hey, um, so at 6 a.m. I heard some hyenas from your house. And <laughs> um are you, is this like a hyena farm starting or something? And they're like, "Oh yeah, we were leaf blowing." Or, or sometimes it's just like you know something happened that they had like an anomaly in their behavior. We want to count right. that too. We have to consider that. That sometimes there's anomalies, and that you know we we've probably started leaf blower too early. I don't know. I don't think so. But you know you got to look at. <laughs> well, you know maybe I've done some annoying stuff that sure. that takes a whole another level to look at. You know, well maybe there's something I could do on my end too. Well, it's, it's, it's it's a really tricky dance, right? It so. is.
0: But it's it's having that awareness that look, if you have a complaint, kind of check and see if it's something that you might also be guilty of for lack of a better word. Like if you can hear your neighbor's TV, right. can they hear yours?
1: Right. Or the and typical one is is your neighbor's dog's barking and you're like, I'm over the barking and you have a dog, but you think Fluffy McStuffins is the best dog ever. <laughs> and you know, when they bark, it's so cute. You have to take a step back and go, well, when Fluffy McStuffins barks, maybe that's annoying to people. Right. right. So, and I think we also need to look at too, we have this kind of, we're wired in this kind of interesting way that if someone does something that we do that, that and it bothers us, we have to look at, Sometimes we do the same kind of thing. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like familiarity yeah. breeds contempt. Exactly. Shakespeare. But um, <laughs> but yeah, with fluffy McStuffins, not everybody's gonna be happy with fluffy mcstuffin's barking. So you need to be good with Rex next door sometimes, right? Right. Or you know, somebody's dog gets loose and you're like, oh my god, irresponsible dog owner. And then you know, we had a case where our front door, there's something about the latch in our front door, and somebody came to I, I hope my neighbors aren't listening to this, but they probably already know about this. But um, somebody knocked on the door, and I looked, and they didn't actually knock on the door. They knocked on the door frame the door had blown open with the wind, Oh, and Fluffy 1 and 2 were gone. And they, and they decided to go to the neighbor's house who had cute Yorkies, and they were just partying with the Yorkies and stuff. But I'm like, okay, so when I see a dog that's out, I just naturally assume that they did not mean for that to happen. Something went awry. Uh, Right, something went awry because that happens when you have fluffy mixed ovens. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's one of those things we have to look at. You know, hey, stuff happens, right? Yeah. But I know also we're in the situation now where we're all kind of our nerves, like I said, our nerves are frayed. Mm-hmm. So we we have to really look at you know, and again, is this worth charging up that hill?
0: Right, and being open to the fact that if you charge up that hill, you might be met with a mirror saying hello. Right.
1: That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, that's the introspection part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and sometimes having the mirror held up is kind of scary. Yeah. To look at your own stuff. That's always takes like a level of of having to really go, hmm, something Mm -hmm. may not, I may need to fix something. Right. But acknowledging it's like 80% of it.
0: Yes. Listening and being heard are right key elements. Right. What do you think are the characteristics of a person who is willing to apologize?
1: I think a person that's willing to apologize and think values human relationships and understands that we are inherently flawed beings Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and maybe doesn't take themselves too seriously and also is willing to risk, willing to risk taking responsibility and willing to separate out the ego from the self. And what I mean by that is that again, accepting that, you've done something to hurt somebody without getting your ego and your stuff involved. I guess that gets into like meditation stuff, but Mm -hmm. looking at it from a perspective of we're both human beings on this planet and we both go through stuff. Like you said, we don't know what the other person's going through Mm -hmm. and it really doesn't take a lot to be kind. Right. And we have to look at when is our ego getting on board with stuff and how can we learn to let that go?
0: Well, and I think that we've seen how easy bullying is. Mm -hmm. Because we've watched it now for for solid years and Mm -hmm. the unwillingness to work together, the unwillingness for Mm -hmm. collaboration and for helping out others that we perceive are different or weaker Mm -hmm. or lesser. And I think we've seen that that has had, sadly, a bit of a payoff not completely, mm-hmm. but a lot of people have gotten away with a lot of shit for a long time. Right. And right. I know I'm super curious to find out if there will be a reckoning.
1: And I think that's that's on a lot of people's minds is to, is there going to be some type of, I guess, adjudication? I don't know if it's the right mm-hmm. word for adjudication, but is there going to be some type of reckoning or some type of responsibility? And I think that's on a lot of people's minds and I know there's kind of two different mindsets. One is we need to let this go to move on as a country and develop cohesiveness again. And there's another mindset that, you know, we need people to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. And then I think a lot of people are in the, in between. Um, so maybe there's a way that that's done that it, it might not suit exactly what everybody wants to meet both of those. Um, I think it's it's going to be an interesting process of how we, as humans, adapt to maybe not getting exactly what we want, but it's close enough. And I think that's that. What's that? I talk to people about having that. What's the least level of satisfaction? Meaning, what can you accept and still be good with it? Like maybe not everybody's held accountable, but like most people are. Mm-hmm. Or you know what what piece of it would you be good with? And then and then going one step past that what can you do to help heal stuff? Not that you did stuff, but right. what can you do to help make a cohesive community?
0: Right. And
1: part of that is that, that, you know, stand up for people that are marginalized and oppressed, mm-hmm. especially if you have inherent entitlement. And I think that's a big thing is to admit the entitlement yes, and speak for people whose voices have been oppressed. And I think, that, I think that's becoming more of the forefront too, since this has all happened the last four years is that, you know, this type of oppression has always existed, but I think it became even more condoned. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think it's really important we address that, especially yes. people of privilege. I think that, that it's, and it's, we're obligated to speak from speaking as someone who identifies as white. We're obligated to speak for those that have been oppressed because mm-hmm. we yes. have that position of entitlement yes. and we need to admit that. And also again, exercise that to help others. I think that's essential because we will never be able to process what it's like for someone, a person of color, having to deal with the BS that they deal with on a daily basis. And I think that that's something that we need to look at and Mm -hmm. also look at how, what we can do to start changing things. Yes. And that's nothing new. I mean, oppression's been going on for forever. Yes. But I think now it's coming even more to the forefront.
0: Well, and I will say that an apology isn't going to get anybody off with me. It's a it's a start. Right. Mm-hmm. But so is right. um allocation and uh not just taking responsibility, but to me, the only real way for us to heal is for people to be punished for some of these mm-hmm. crimes, because that's what they are. It's not just right. bad behavior or poor management. Mm-hmm. It, this was an assault on mm-hmm. many levels. So, right. And I and I'm sorry. I can only call him Hitler, but he. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i never heard that term before.
0: <sighs> yeah, it's. He's never going to apologize. He
1: thinks he's got a. Well, future. I think the other thing to look at too is that. Yeah, you know, there are people that we that we learned that maybe they've always been like this, but they became very vocal about yes. about their racism and all that mm-hmm. stuff. You don't have to reconnect with those people. Ew. I think there's a, there's this concept of oh, when the new administration starts, we're gonna be all friends again. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> um, and and I think if your uncle blah is racist. You have every right to distance yourself
0: mm-hmm.
1: to, even if they apologize, it just may be like, this is someone that is, you know, look at, people can sh- change, but also you need to look at not just what people are saying, but what they're doing. Right. So if your uncle says, hey, I did some stuff that wasn't cool, but then you see that they're still continuing, it, you have every right to not maintain that relationship. There is nothing that says that you need to c- reconnect with people that have oppressed other people.
0: I completely agree. And, or apologizing for feeling that way. Because some of these things, I mean, in some ways, it's good, for lack of a better word, that everything that was in shadow now has light on it. So mm-hmm. we see who the racists are. We see who the villains are at this point.
1: Pretty clearly. I think, especially if we have, especially if, if especially if you're white, I think it's it's clearer. Yes. It's it's become more obvious to those of us that do not deal with that on a day-to-day basis. Yes. But it's always been there.
0: I agree. And I think this, well, now when, when this airs, it will be the past administration. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll Gabe, her. I'm not really
1: sure of your political views, Sandra Ann. <laughs> 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 I'm kind of wondering what they are. I I'm know. Really sure.
0: I, I try to keep them very close to my vest. Um, well, it's, no,
1: but I mean, you know, you know what mine are because I wrote that USA Today editorial that you know that Trump's an abusive relationship with the with the U.S. an emotional yes. abusive relationship. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's 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 kind of, and that's what we've really had. We are coming out of a bunch of gaslighting, a bunch of you know lies, disputing facts and science, and labeling things fake news. The only people putting which out is, fake which has killed
1: people. It has killed killed people. people. Yes, and the only
0: fake news is the propaganda spewed out by their favorite channels, which I won't even bother to mention. It's very telling when people are shouting about other people's misdeeds. It's usually stuff that they've done, and that's a
1: projection piece, right?
0: Right, and it's so it's you're sitting here going, very much so, and and we have dealt with this for four years. And longer, much longer on a lot of levels, Mm -hmm. but it's been so concentrated in this time period and it has caused so much damage and destruction.
1: It's going to take a long time to heal. It is. Yes. So we do what we can and in the ways that we can, and also acknowledge that there are some things that are just irreparably damaged, Mm -hmm. And but we work, we figure out what we can do to make positive change. And yes. I think that's the trickiest part is what do you have control over? What do you, do you not have control over?
0: And not seeing a, an apology as this detrimental thing, like hold it back, right. don't give it, you're you're taking responsibility, you're admitting guilt. Mm-hmm. Well, right. maybe, but maybe you're just acknowledging somebody else's pain and suffering right. and that you, you feel it to the degree that you're able to and it will never be what they're feeling. But right. you you have enough empathy that you want to express your mm-hmm. grief and your sorrow, right. and maybe even your complicity. Right. But we have we have a lot of healing to do, and mm-hmm. sometimes an acknowledgement that sounds an awful lot like an apology is helpful.
1: I think that that it's important to really strengthen those empathic muscles that we have. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you're not quite there with empathy, there's ways to get help. And I always feel like reaching out for help is a strength, not a weakness. Yes. Knowing that you need some help so that you can treat people the way they need to be treated and that you are compassionate towards yourself. So I think there's there's a lot of opportunity for people to to change behaviors. Yes. And And also look for the people that we can look to as like kind of like emotional intelligence mentors who are the people that we feel like really have their act together empathy wise and what do they do that is different than most people Mm -hmm. right i think we all know one person at least that just has such amazing like interpersonal empathy skills and really look to that person see what they're doing or even if you're able to have a talk with them i mean i can think of one person in particular that I mean, it was like when he spoke, it was like he was, you know, he really listened,
0: mm-hmm. you know.
1: And I think we all know that person. You know, you look, look at what they do, and and sometimes you can, you know, role model off of that person. And again, talk to a mental health professional. Yes,
0: um,
1: I think we all need to talk to a mental health professional after this year we've had the dumpster fire of 2020. Yes, but um, you know, it's it's really important that we reach out and acknowledge that you know everybody could probably take like a refresher course and communicate with people, especially since a lot of us have been quarantined. So getting back into that social swing of things is going to take a, maybe a little bit of time and that's normal, but also reach out for help. If you feel like you want to really enrich your communication skills, because we could all use like a refresher course. Yes.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. You are a delight and you can find Dr. Sarkis on Twitter. YouTube and LinkedIn at Stephanie Sarkis on Instagram at Sarkis PhD, on Facebook at Stephanie Sarkis PhD, and her website is stephaniesarkis.com. And again, her latest book is gaslighting Recognize manipulative and emotionally abusive people. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this sassy little podcast, please subscribe to it, rate it and review it and tell your friends about it to contribute to the podcast and help keep it ad free consider becoming a member of the community at sassylittlepodcast.com. Until next time, take care.